doctor, look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Hey, welcome everybody. It's another episode of Dr. Homebrew. And here we are with my co-hosts, Brian and Brian. And uh, I'm Brian. Yeah, that's Brian. Hello. And we have another Brian. And uh, today we're going to be talking about homebrew. That's what we do. Um, I'm going to be listening to these boys tell me what I'm supposed to be tasting in my homebrew, and then I'm going to uh, tell them how wrong they are. And we're going to argue, and then we're going to knife fight. And that's going to be cool. Um, no, not really. But we do have a good show for you, of course. Uh, before we get to that, I want to thank our sponsor, Five Star Chemicals. They are the people who are keeping your brewery clean during this uh, lockdown. When See, now's the time, right, When to, to really break down your homebrewery, your homebrewery, Welcome to your homebrew. I'm like a Giuliani's uh, expert testimony lady. <laughs> Do you know that you can break your entire homebrew down? Um, anyway, break your homebrew down. If you have plastic buckets, take the spigots off. If you have metal buckets, take the spigots off. Do all that kind of stuff. Use PBW. Use Star Sand. Break all that stuff down. Do give it a really good cleaning, and uh, you know. And then by the time we come out of lockdown, which we are in now. You will have a brand new clean brewery thanks to Five Star Chemicals. So uh, check them out. Go over to their website. Thank them for supporting the show, too. Please just fire them a little email or follow them on social media. Uh, they're not one of these companies that post every hour. So, uh, you know, just send them a little message. Slide it in their DMs and say, hey, man, thanks. And that's all you got to do. It'll make, yeah, your brewery yeah. Not, not only shiny and sparkly, but also suitable to put fermentable liquids in. And JP, yeah. you're surprisingly good at that drunk voice. Wow. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Do you know you, what we did with Star Sand yesterday? Um, I don't want to know because I, I get the idea you're a freaky guy, Brian. So <laughs> No, it was uh, actually nothing. That, it's very family friendly. I okay. a little spray bottle of Star, of Star Sand. And my partner has these succulents. She's been getting super into like the succulent plants. And there's one that had like this little white spider webby junk on it. Yep. And all her friends that do this are like, no, no, this is nasty. It'll not just kill the plant. It'll, it'll spread to everything. You got to throw it out. And I said, you know, I got a spray bottle of star sand. And I've heard from people that if you spray it on plants that have different, different problems, you know, infestations, mold, whatever, mm-hmm. it will typically clear it up. And sure enough, here the next day, that stuff was all gone. The plant's healthy. Really? Uh, you know, I'm, yeah, it, it's actually, if, if, if the option is throw it out or <laughs> spray some star sand on it, right. seriously, what's, what do you have to lose? Spray some star sand on. And I, I was always kind of doubtful of this. And you know, it happened. I was like, wow, I was really impressed with how quick it cleared up this this nonsense growing on her plant. Yeah, I mean, it is you know, it, it is uh, non toxic, and uh, you yeah. know, I know the 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 one of the I don't know which one, but one of the star sand reps way back in the day uh, was sort of like infamous for going around to homebrew shops like mixing up a, a non concentrated standard like pint glass solution of it, and then drinking it, like chugging it, and I'm like, even even. <laughs> <laughs> even even if that's okay it you, you doing it multiple times is not it can't be good for you brother it just it really can't patrick you can chime in man you don't have to it's, yeah yeah patrick is our guest yeah. patrick is our guest for uh for tonight patrick what's going on you uh you have a comment about uh <laughs> this 
Oh, I just yeah. after a, after a two decades of EMS experience, non toxic is not the same as potable. You're right, exactly. Like silly putty is non toxic, but you can't eat a pound of it and expect to be you know okay. Right. But yeah, I mean, you've seen what Star Sand. It's it's great for cleaning, but if you don't wear gloves, it will dry your hands out and stuff. Sure. Well, I can it, only imagine what that does to your stomach lining. Yeah, and that's what we want it to do. Is we want it to to kill all this you know bacteria and this mold and really help like eliminate it and sanitize it properly before you know after we clean it yeah. out, obviously. But um, you know, anyway, just just be be cautious of people because I, I hear the story come up from time to time. And that's the only reason I bring it up. Be cautious of it. Don't be a guy. Well, look, like fun at parties. Watch me what I can do. I can mix chemicals and drink it. Uh, Star Sand works great on your brewery and apparently on your succulents. Uh, but you know, uh, be careful with it, of course, because it is a, a chemical. But Five Star Chemicals makes the best stuff. They clean, sanitize. Uh, they do it all. Yep. They're great people. They support the show. So please, uh, like I said, uh, if if you can't go out and buy any of their product right now, if you can't get it shipped to you, which I understand, uh, at least send them an email and thank them very much for being on the show. Uh, all right, Patrick, yep. welcome officially. Thank you, young man. Appreciate it. Uh, so we have uh, we have a what is it? A coffee porter? Yes, sir. We've got a yeah. It's a coffee porter. Coffee porter, and I love porters. I'm a porter head. It's it's like my first love, maybe my second love. I don't know. I think my first love was oatmeal stout. Um, That's fair. It's a great option too. Thanks, yeah. thanks, man. Yeah, it's like your, uh, you, you know, oatmeal stout was my practice girl for uh, coffee porter, as Doc would say. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. That's a Doc line. I'm not gonna. Um, but tell me a little bit about this beer. Have you have you made it before? Yeah. So. Um, this is probably the seventh or eighth batch of this particular base beer. So okay. um, based off of the Edmund Fitzgerald Porter, um, so from Great Lakes Brewing um, down in Ohio. So that's a, a Midwest favorite. Um, they do a lot of really great to style beers. Um, so they've got a great Dortmunder and they've got, you know, a, a bunch of good um German styles and that kind of thing, but their Edmund Fitzgerald Porter is kind of the standard here. And so everybody here who loves Porter is, you know, is, is familiar with that. So, um, kind of did this as a base beer and, and, and got comfortable with the recipe and, um, love coffee. We've got a, a couple of great coffee, coffee roasters here in Grand Rapids. And, um, so figured I'd pair the two. You just said COVID coffee roaster. And I don't know if you did, was like a slip or, or you I, meant it. Yeah, it's. I mean, you know, COVID everywhere. <laughs> I just want to double check. Like, uh, you know, hey, I thought you guys were into this. I don't know. I mean, you just you know, I don't want to knock it at you guys. Um, perfect. Well, well, great. I I, I like. Uh, I appreciate the attention to to brewing the base beer several times. Um, as a guy who's been trying to do that with his uh, oatmeal stout, which is me. Um, how hard is it to not tweak anything, even if you liked the last batch? That's all I do. Yeah, you know, it, it. I think with this one particularly, so I've I've tried a couple of different um, coffees to add to it. I've tried a couple of different methodologies for coffee, so um, different amounts, that kind of thing. So um, I, I'm tweaking kind of the the coffee addition, you know, rather than the base beer. Um, but I mean, I could make ten gallons of this, the, just the base beer, and just enjoy it all winter. So yeah, nice. you know, if I'm happy with it, I'll tinker up with other stuff. There you go. That's good. I love it. Well, um, thank you for sending me a bottle. I know it's not yeah, uh, it's not sure. easy, and especially now, you know, it costs a lot more than the normal entry. So I I really appreciate it. Um, no Brian Shar, <laughs> I'm going to tap you. The hand of God will tap you, young man, to go first, and I'll give Brian Cooper a rest from going first all the time. These beers were also very well packaged, by the way. They were, yes, they were very <laughs> tightly 
tightly packed. Yeah, it was almost like a childproof cap. I was like, what is going on here? Is it, <laughs> someone going to break into this? You're welcome, and I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they, they arrived intact, and that's all that matters. There you go. Yes. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Yeah. All right, Char, go ahead. I was opening that box up, and my first thought was, oh, my God, my mother sent me beer, because that's pretty much how my mom wraps packages. So and I, I love my mom, but, oh, my God, that woman, uh, she should open a tape factory. Uh, <laughs> all right, so I, I really like this beer a lot. Uh, before I start talking about it, though, I have to ask my usual question. Are you in a homebrew club? I am. So I am a, I am a member in good standing of the Brewskitos in Grand Rapids, Ooh. Michigan. The Brewskitos. Yeah, that yep. is a summer uh, thing in the Great Lakes region. Do you have, what do you have to do to be a member in good standing? Pay dues. <laughs> uh, all right. So you've paid your dues. Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, I've paid my dues, but the checks in the mail. But uh, I right, sounds I, like a homebrew club. China. Yeah, exactly. If you want to, um, look, you can hang out with us. Just give us money. Yeah, exactly. I don't care if you brew. I don't care if you ask questions. Just pay us. <laughs> it helps I, I, also I, to get a you get a good buzz. Probably if you're in that club. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nicely done, Brian. It wasn't uh, that good. Mm, and you know, I like I was in Grand Rapids for NHC a few years ago when it was there. Really enjoyed it, and it's a great, great beer town. So, yeah, thanks for sending your beer. Sure. Uh, sort of uh, going through my first initial observations. Uh, this was a a thirty A, so it's a, a spice herb vegetable with the light roast coffee added. Um, I ha- I assumed that rope that the. Uh, I guess it's not called robust porter anymore. It's the uh, I guess the American porter. I assumed that was the the base beer. Uh, and for you know, Doctor Homebrew, is that right on there? Does say American porter? Okay. Uh, I paid he, attention. He did declare the the twenty eight base, so I appreciated that. I was just, all right. Uh, very happy then, to know what. So the only reason I point that out is not to try to shame you about uh, uh, base beer or whatever. And as Brian's, I just didn't look at the cap as well as I, I should have. My point is, and not just not primarily to you, but to the listeners, if you're doing a, a spice herb vegetable or a fruit beer or anything that involves modification to a base style, always be very clear in the, the entrance sheets uh, and, and the paperwork uh, what that base style is, because if you make the judges go looking for it, especially if you might be like the ninth uh, or tenth beer in a flight, uh, and maybe if they're not taking their own bottle caps off, um, they may end up judging your beer based on a different base style than what you had intended. So just always uh, uh, be uh, clear when you're you're entering beer. Uh, it, it's uh, and not not primarily directed to you, but directed to our audience. Always be clear when you're entering. Uh, the bottle was uh, slightly on the low fill side. Mine was like down at the bottom of that neck. Again, it didn't affect the flavor or anything. It shouldn't affect the score. But again, in, in a competition situation when possible, uh, it's best to avoid the low fill. There are people that will pay more attention to that than I think they really should. But if you're trying to set yourself up for success, uh, try to fill that up at least you know, midway up the neck, if if possible. Uh, so uh, that's probably the toughest comments I have for this uh, this beer overall. So I'll take it. Uh, 
I, I really like this one. <laughs> Haven't even got uh, to the flavor yet or the aroma or anything. And it's like, I'm sorry to be, yeah, I'm I'm sorry to be so, so far. Yeah, I'm sorry to be so tough on you, but I really need at least another inch in that in that neck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just the, wants more beer, right? Exactly. Uh, the aroma I thought was really harmonious uh, blend of the coffee and the malt. Uh, and I'm not super knowledgeable about different degrees of roasting, and I wonder if the light roast maybe had something to do with why it, it blended so well in the aroma. Uh, the coffee was in balance, and that's really, really difficult to do. Usually, in my experience, coffee just overwhelms beers or at least tends to be, balance the beers way toward the coffee side. And this, to me, was extremely, extremely well-balanced. Um, no hop aroma. I got low chocolate and roast malt aromas. No esters, no off aromas. Uh, 10 out of 12 for aroma. Appearance is 3 out of 3. Very clear, as much as you can tell in a beer that's this dark. Uh, very dark brown in color, almost black. There's a low head that's very persistent. Uh, and I presume, uh, my guess in this situation is always the head is low because of the oil from the coffee beans. Uh, flavor, initially the flavor was to be dark uh, cho chocolate malt with a low coffee flavor. Uh, the coffee flavor kind of comes up to moderate in mid-palate. Uh, there's a low bitterness that comes up more into the finish. Uh, and the finish itself is long and very pleasant, kind of a, a low level. It's not an intense, super long finish, but it's, it's a finish that stays with you for a while. Uh, well attenuated. Uh, no hop flavor, uh, might have wanted, this is maybe a little paradoxical, I might have wanted a little more malt flavor, but of course the problem is then there wouldn't be, the coffee wouldn't be in balance, and I think that the way you have, I'd rather have you keep the balance the way it is. So 15 out of 20 for flavor, uh, mouthfeel 5 out of 5, uh, medium body, low carbonation, no warming, uh, it's, if Creamy and astringency are a, a continuum. It's more on the creamy side. Uh, overall impression, 9 out of 10 for an overall score of 42. Um, this beer really is, I think, it, it, the poster child for balance. Uh, it's so hard to get in any beers like this, whether it's spicer, vegetable, fruit, whatever. Balance, I think, is always the toughest, toughest thing to execute well. And it's executed really, really well in this beer. Uh, I'll be curious later on if you did a tincture or a cold brew or how you exactly got the coffee in. Uh, and uh, don't don't spoiler Brian here, but I'll just I'm, I'm, I'll be curious how you did that. Uh, a little more carbonation would be welcome. Maybe a little bit more hop flavor uh, for the American Porter. Problem is hop flavor is always so difficult for a dark beer. And I think you add coffee and that just kind of makes the problem exponentially difficult because the sea hops in my experience don't play well with dark malt. Mm -hmm. uh, I've had luck with nugget and galaxy. Uh, but sometimes you've got to really jam a lot of hops in there mm -hmm. uh, to get the flavor out of them. Nope. And that's, that's fraught with peril too, because you could end up making it more bitter than you want, or it's, it's a little difficult to me. That's not a big flaw or even a really a flaw if I'm thinking about, well, how would you make this better? Maybe having it be a little more like American Porter in that standpoint uh, might be valuable. But so overall, 42 out of 50, this is uh, excellent beer. And uh, 
it's also really great. I, I drank about half the bottle when I was judging it uh, about two hours ago. And I went to open up a new one, but I liked the one that was sitting here at room temperature, about 66 in my kitchen well enough. I just kept on drinking out of that same bottle. And you know, a lot of beers, no matter what the style, don't hold up after being out in the kitchen unopened for two hours. And this one really did. It's just as good, if not better to me. Than it was when I judged it. So I think it's uh, that cheers. coffee. It, like I like Thank I you. like room temperature coffee more than I like hot yeah. coffee. If it's good, if it's good coffee, and so I, I for, yeah. for me, I, th- I think it is the benefit of uh, well, not a benefit, but the testament to how, the quality of coffee. Yeah, that I think yeah. is and in there. dark dark beer tends to hold up better, I think, at room temperature than sure. lighter beers, yeah. lagers, what have you. So it's just a fortuitous. Uh, a coincidence that I get to sit here and enjoy more of this great beer. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think to your point about about sea hops and and, and dark beers, I tend to agree with you. I think like those earthier, um, you know, hops. A Northern Brewer yeah. is, I think, a really yeah. good a favorite of mine to put in in oatmeal stout because it just I don't know, it just yeah. works maybe with the the darker malts and stuff like that. But uh, um, yeah, reserve... the earthy the earthiness works with yeah. it, and I think that the citrus clashes. Yeah. And what I think, think happens that, is, yeah, the, the citrus and then uh, the uh, kind of the fruitiness, uh, you know, and the acidity of the malt combine to make it just too kind of gnarly fruity, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. It's that certain flavor. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, th- I think with, with those citrus hops, you need that sweet balance. It's just like making a drink. Yeah. You have, you have yeah. your, your citrus and then you have – your citrus cuts your alcohol, but then you need sugar to cut your citrus. And so you can't have harsh in there with no sweetness. Anyway, yeah. uh, you sound like a mixologist over there. Well, you know, I I, uh, I am. Your cocktails. Yeah. Um, all right, Brian Cooper, let's right go. Right on. Okay. So yeah, coffee porter. I made the same note about the the low neck. This one was a little higher. It was a, a, a yeah, kind of yeah, what third of the way up that long long neck. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you, you know, if you're a good judge, you don't let it color your impressions. No big deal. I did like that you declared the base style exactly. Some people don't do that. But you don't have to say an exact base style either. I think you can declare yeah. it as a, a coffee porter if you enter that style. But if you do want to emulate a specific, like you're you're emulating a very specific beer that is a, of a certain style, that's a good idea to if it meets that to, to name it. So let me let me interrupt um, you real fast, Brian. Um, please, w- do you think declaring a style is sort of like? putting too fine a point on it in competition could you like like patrick enters this and says it's an american stout or american porter excuse me would a judge then be extra hard if that porter didn't meet those guidelines versus just saying it's a coffee porter yeah Do if you, it didn't meet that it, it, they, they could like if the if the coffee is is, is beating yeah, it up you know yeah and the, and the porter's not really there and you can't detect the base style Specifically, you know, you might do better to just say eh, porter. Okay, then it doesn't matter so much. So sometimes well, that could work against you. It, it could, okay. but if you if you did a really good job of it, 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 it might. Yeah. You know, you get both the base style my, and the in my benefit ingredient perfect in, balance. Then yeah. it'll benefit. Okay. The, the flip side of that is that if you don't declare the specific kind of porter, and let's say you made uh, the base beer was an American porter, let's say it was hoppy or what have you but the judge what well, the judges got it in their head that it should be like an english porter then you might get docked for having it not be enough like an english porter uh 
and you, you, you might have judges be more reluctant to score it highly because they're not quite sure what criteria they're supposed to use to judge the, the mm. beer in terms of the base style. Okay. That's right. the flip side of that. Okay. Good. Yeah, I suppose you could send it to send the same beer to England to be judged and yeah. competition in America to just <laughs> yeah. declare it as porter and see what they say. Yeah. So it happens. A fun experiment. Yeah. Of course, I had to travel a lot farther to go. Yeah, send it to me and, and I'll watch the British uh, Great British Baking Show while I judge your beer. And then that way, <laughs> it'll sort of, anyway. Uh, sorry, Cooper. Okay. Thank you for that clarification. Go ahead, please. Back to the, yeah. Um, just a quick clarification, though, on, on hops. Hops can be just about anywhere in an American um, porter. So, yeah. you know, they can be low to high in the nose, and, and the bitterness can be medium to high, and, and, and the hop flavors can be low to high. I find that that most times they, they are definitely covered by the, you know, the darker malts in the beer. They don't come up to where they're, it's IPA high, like, <laughs> you know, but it's not insanely high usually. So it would be a fault to me if it was coming out like, Oh, that's an IPA with <laughs> border. Uh, anyway, I digress. Uh, in the nose, I got a, uh, a lightly ashy and a porter can have a slightly little, little burnt edge to it. I got a light burnt um, quality in the nose. I think I'm getting a little, a little smoother impression on it tonight. For some reason, it hit me a little hard last night. I think it was the last beer I, I judged last night. Tonight, it's the first we're doing. So a little difference there. Judging order doesn't make a difference. <laughs> um, upon that initial whiff, uh, and then comes coffee, pretty fresh. And, and I'm getting semi-sweet chocolate, clean ale fermentation is apparent with uh, light, light fruity esters coming out alongside some uh, light malty fruitiness. Um, no defects standing out here. It's it's pretty clean, so that's nice. Um, Appearance-wise, I give it full points. It's a richly dark brown colored beer. Uh, has a head of fine bubbles that sticks, uh, hangs um, above the beer on the sides of the glass. I like the way that it, it just uh, you know clings there, it, it, and it, it it stays low, but it is persistent. So um, mostly finer bubbles. Uh, the beer seems clear if you look at the corners. It's just, it's quite dark, but it's brown and you can see kind of some garnet highlights um, through the beer as well, not just at the corners. Flavor-wise, it's richly malty. Um, it's got a, a pretty good sized uh, roast uh, component going on here with some dark chocolate undertone, undertones coming out. Um, just above that coffee richness um it's it's big it's very flavorful and and the flavors are good um i'm just looking for the style the the american porter with the with the coffee and it's 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 almost more a little more toward leaning towards a, a roastiness like you get in a stout it doesn't taste like a stout but there's some stout like flavors mixed in with everything here and i'm not sure if i can separate you know is that the coffee playing tricks on my taste buds making it seem more stout like because yeah there is supposed to be coffee here too yeah or is it um you know really the the roast malts coming up pretty high to make make those flavors pop like they are it's a bold beer there's nothing nothing wimpy about it it's not super alcoholic um it's but uh you know it's it does have a light coffee and cream kind of quality too which i like um heavy on the, the coffee in that mixture i guess but uh, yeah it lets the those, these these rich notes are, are hanging in the in the aftertaste a little bit, maybe a little bit longer than than Brian detected, but to me they stick around. It's a little ashy in the aftertaste, a little 
a little lightly, lightly burnt, but not in a, you know, in a good way, almost like <laughs> Imperial stout, but not Imperial stout. I don't know. It's like those, you get that, that the really good Imperial stout and it just treads that line where it's, it's got a little ash, a little campfire, a little, you know, a little rich, uh, dark goodness in it. And, and it just, it hangs there, just pushes to that edge and then it recedes and lets you enjoy it, take another sip. But I mean, this is obviously not as sweet as that. This one finishes uh, dry appropriately for what we call an American porter or a, a robust porter in the old olden days. Um, but yeah, it's got a lot of good flavors here. It's, it's leaning leaning towards a little, a little beefier uh, version of the porter. And I, I'd love to taste that your, your local porter there sometime when I when I get back to the Midwest, I'll have to look for it. Um, the the mouthfeel is medium bodied with the medium carbonation, um, getting a touch of some malt derived astringency, but it's still it, it's a little creamy as well, like that coffee and cream thing. It's 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 fairly fairly smooth anyway. So um, there's a little. You know, uh, the astringency is not really harsh. It's just a light little note. There's a little something a little chalky and kind of biting about it. Um, no obvious warmth. Alcohol seems pretty subdued. Plays plays nicely. There, there's some there, but it's not biting or harsh at all. It's really smoothly, uh, smoothly done. It seems like just a, just a really nice fermentation. Um, overall impression: this is a well-brewed beer uh, with a lot of uh, you know a. a very good balance between the the, the style and uh, the coffee. Um, it is pushing towards that stout-like tendency to me. Uh, it's very rich and dry. Um, you could back off the darkest malts a touch and uh, perhaps let that uh, just the balance be maintained by by maybe also uh, reducing the coffee a little bit too if it's a if it's a if it's a more uh, roasty. Um, I didn't know if it was dark or light roast. I, th I heard Brian say light roast, but I didn't. Light roast, yeah. Okay, yeah, I didn't get that anywhere. I didn't, I didn't see any notes about what kind of coffee that was used. That is also something you could declare on a on an entry sheet if you did enter in a competition. That so was that in the email it. that you sent us, Brian. That it okay. was light roast. <laughs> I don't look. I, yeah, I'm good at forgetting things, and I, I just look at the cap and what styles declared to judge it. So that's the yeah. reading comprehension portion of the exam. <laughs> <laughs> I failed. Um, so yeah. Um, you could, yeah. Not sure where all the the richness is coming from. Then I, su I would suspect it's probably coming from the malt. So I'd be interested to see what the the recipe is and what you did uh, with the darkest malts in this recipe. I think a lot um, of it's the coffee. You can get some of just, this, like depending on the quality of the bean and 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 the roast level and and what what type of bean, the region it's from. You can get that almost creaminess that yeah. that that you know can can come out like that. Not if I was asked to guess, I would say this is a, a dark roast coffee, though. It just tastes to me yeah. richer. Than, yeah, than I guess like, like medium dark. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go darker than that. So maybe it could be also with the treatment, the way it was put in, and things that that brought brought some of those flavors up yeah. more. So because I, I agree, it is definitely there's some coming from the coffee, there's some coming from the the malts in there, and it, it is a nice balance. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. It's. Uh, it's rich, roasty, and coffee, and a lot of chocolate-like notes in it too. So, it's a really enjoyable beer. I just, 
for style, it almost, it came off a little too stout-like, so I landed at a 36 on it. I thought it was very good, towards the high end of very good, towards excellent almost. And um, I would just, for my taste and for that, for, for American Porter 20A, I would I would pull back some of those most most richly roasty flavors in it. I don't know. What do you think, JP? Got it. That's helpful. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I would like to hear the recipe because I have some thoughts on it as well. So let's let's get to the recipe, Patrick. What did you give it, uh, Cooper? I'm sorry. A thirty six. Thirty six. Okay, Patrick, give me uh, give us your recipe, please. Yeah. So um, just to touch kind of what on on Char was saying about coffee. So this one's a light roast. It's a um, uh, Ethiopian single origin. Um, from a local roaster here, so it's from the Sadamo region. If people mm-hmm. out there, Ethiopian fans, Sadamo but, is one of the five top five. Yes, region. it's phenomenal coffee. It's, it's with like my daily drinker, you know, for mm-hmm. for um, mornings and whatnot. Um, yeah. So awesome. what I like about this is that it's very chocolate forward, like milk chocolate forward. The coffee is um, very floral, uh, a lot of like raspberry, blueberry kind of characters, and so what I in kind of trying a bunch of their coffees, I felt like that partnered well with this, the chocolate character and some of that like berry character goes well with some of the earthy hops and, and that kind of thing. So, um, and, and I'll, I'll touch on coffee, I guess, at the end of the recipe, like how I added it, but, um, I made a little change here and I, I think I'll probably back it up a bit, but, um, so this was a, um, six gallon batch um and actually this one i wound up splitting and i did half with this light roast coffee and then half with a a cinnamon hazelnut flavored coffee from the same um Hmm. roaster and i meant to send you all a bottle and then we drank it all over thanksgiving so it it was really good (laughs) so um so so that one will definitely next time i think i'm going to do a 10 gallon batch and split it and do full kegs of of both because they both turn out great um so no water treatment for this one. Um, municipal water here in Grand Rapids is out of Lake Michigan. So um, it's really good for amber through like Porter Stout styles. Um, you know, we'll add sulfate for IPAs or, you know, if I do a Pilsner or whatever, I'll go to RO. But um, for these like medium, you know, um, SRM or darker, um, it, it's great just out of the tap and, you know, a little bit of Campton to, to take care of chlorine and that's about it. Um, so malt bill, um, 10 pounds or 85% of two row, um, 12 ounces or 6.4% of C60, uh, eight ounces, 4.3% of black patent malts. So I think that may be where a little bit yep. of that roasty, ashy character. Yeah. Um, and then eight ounces or 4.3% of chocolate malt. Um, so just, and that's kind of the basic mash bill that I've had for this recipe since kind of building it off of that Edmund Fitzgerald um, and, and doing some like homebrew talk and some other forum things. And this is kind of what we, you know, what I was able to put together for that. As far as the hops go, um, good call JP on the Northern Brewer. So 60 minutes was Northern Brewer, 20 grams um, for about 24 IBUs. I'm uh, telling you. 30, 30 minutes was 23 grams of Fuggle um, for about yep. 9.4 IBUs. That's a good one. And then 10 minute was 25 grams of uh, Cascade for about six and a half IBUs. 
Um, so this one actually was just a, a, a single package of the Safale USO5. Um, normally I'll do starters and all that kind of stuff, but um, my main fermenter in my like temperature controlled, you know, fermentation chamber was was busy on the Doppelbach that I also sent you guys. Um, so this was just in a carboy in the basement and just sprinkle the packet of yeast in there and just let it go. So um, my basement's pretty pretty good temperature wise. So it's like 66 in the winter and 68 in the summer. Um, so it's good for good for ales and all of that. Um, Great. And then as far as the coffee goes, so in this case, um, oh, I guess um, as far as starting gravity was uh, 1064 and final gravity was 1014. Um, so it wound up about six and a half percent. Um, and then as far as the coffee goes, so this particular one, so I'll do like a coarse grind, um, steep generally overnight in a French press. And then the next morning, uh, plunge that down, put that in the keg and then rack the beer on top of it. Um, and that's what I've done okay. in kind of every iteration of this particular beer, um, of interest for this one. Um, the timing was off. So normally I'll make the coffee in the evening and I'll keg it in the morning. So like Friday night into Saturday, um, in this case, the coffee sat for like 36 hours. And so I think maybe that's where some of that extra like astringency may come from uh -huh. is cause it sat the, the water sat with the coffee beans for much longer than I would normally do. Um, so I think in the future I'll back that up and do that 12 hour steep, um, instead of longer. Um, cause I know there's I, doing research on kind of how people add coffee. Um, you know, people do it, put it in the boil or put it in the fermenter or do whatever. Um, and it's kind of the longer contact time, the more of that astringency you make it out of those beans. So, um, I get kind of a lingering astringency on the end of this. That's sort of abnormal for the recipe. So okay. I'm wondering if maybe that sort of altered approach to the coffee or just schedule wise, you know, may have impacted that. But it was all hmm. cold brew. There was no heat on the coffee, right? Yeah. So I heat the water up to like 170 and hold it there, okay. cool it to about 135, and then put it over the beans and immediately in the fridge. Cool. Interesting. Have, have you ever played around with uh, pale chocolate malt? I haven't. Um, I know that's one of JP's favorites. Um, that was just from. I have two yeah. suggestions. That was definitely one of them. Um, and it yeah. really, it was a leading, uh, you know, leading from. Do you like the roast level in this? Because if you do, then I, then don't worry about it. Yeah. So in in this one, I feel like in this batch, the roast is more apparent to me, and so I'm not sure how much to attribute to the coffee, and mm. maybe how much to attribute to that that black patent. Um, but pale chocolate's an interesting suggestion. Um, and I didn't know for like the black patent, is there a, is there a good sub to kind of get that roasty character without going to ashy, like debittered or, I mean, I, I've personally yeah. played around like the, this is going to sound, uh, you know, very homebrew like, but the reason my, my oatmeal stout doesn't score well in competitions is because I don't, I don't like that roasty quality in it. Right, and so I I try to to limit the amount of that. So I don't have any black roasted barley in it, for example. So you sort of need that ashiness. You sort of not ashiness, but you sort of need that bitter malt thing. But I've tried like the debittered and and, and try to substitute it, and nothing sort of compares mm -hmm. um, to you, but also to to um, black patent. It just sort of is its own thing. 
that's my opinion right. on it. I do think you need some of it. Um, I I would think that you you could use pale chocolate. Pale chocolate will reduce some of the some of the acridness too, but it will also throw it'll throw a more vaguely chocolate esque note to your beer. A lot of people think it doesn't, but for for me, what I taste in in the differentiation between like my oatmeal stouts with chocolate and pale chocolate is it does have this sort of creamy hint of a chocolate thing. So yeah. make sure you're Kinda using like beans the, that you work with that work yeah, well like with a that. cocoa bean, cocoa bean like impression. But yeah, not the burnt part. No, no, no. Not, it's not not like a Hershey bar or whatever. But there is yeah. there is a there is a thing to it, and that's just you know that's that's what it is. My other suggestion would be I would love to see something. Uh, maybe it goes back to what Char was saying. Something a little more zhuzh in the in the in the body. Mm. So maybe you take your crystal malt, which was what crystal forty. You said. 60. 60. Maybe you do a blend. Maybe you take some portion of that and do like a, a 20 or a 40 and a 60 or something like that just to goose it. I just I just want a little bit yeah. more. I think the I think the amount of coffee you have in there is is great. I wouldn't touch it. I would I would lock yeah. that in. But if you need to maybe massage it around some of the more ingredients, I I think the porter just needs just just a ugh. Just a little bit. You're like five percent away from me yeah. from being like, "Fuck, this is amazing." <laughs> yeah, you, you know what I mean. <clears throat> like, I would have easily I, given this a forty, forty-two. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I don't want to beat this dead horse too much, but in my stout, I, I make I haven't made it for a couple of years for a variety of reasons. But for twenty <laughs> years, I made a, a Christmas stout every year. And about seven or eight years back, I took the black patent malt out of my stout. And probably drove my stout closer to being a porter in reality. But for a porter, I mean, if you're going to use black patent malt, maybe use a quarter of that. Uh, consider just taking that out altogether. And if you want that roast character, I think JP was uh, talking about this a little bit. Go with a little bit of roast barley or something. Because I just, as personally, I, I just don't like the character that the black patent malt gives. I don't like black roasted uh, barley. Like I took black roasted barley out of my, my oatmeal stout yeah. years I, I think, and years yeah, ago. Yeah. That would make it more stout like too, to me, yeah. the roasted barley is such a key element of like the Irish stout yeah. and all of it, you know, but yeah. uh, the black yeah. patent, you could maybe instead of that, just back it off a little bit, but I, I would say yeah. lean towards not making as many changes, you know? Yeah. Um, I like some of the suggestions. I like, uh, you know, the, the playing with the crystal a little bit. Yeah, I, I like it dry though. I don't think you know the, the you know yeah. if you want to put a little more sweetness in here, that that would be a style preference thing to yep. me. Yes, if you like more yes. of a, a you know an English or UK kind of porter, something with a little more sweetness to it, then you'll be happy with that. But if you like the American porter. It's gonna be nice and dry, and it's gonna have a you know about that six and a half percent alcohol, and be you know have some beefiness, and it dries right out, and you want another sip. Yeah, well, and so I guess that goes into what the differentiation is between dryness and lack of of proper mouthfeel. And I don't mean to say proper as in it's improper. I mean to say that's what I think I need more a little bit of. And I thought like a more like a just a a couple percentage change in a crystal charge might do that without really impacting the the perceived sweetness overall. I think just pulling back the darkest richness is going to let okay. what's already there shine out a little more, and it okay. will have that middle. You know, and if you use the pale chocolate, to me, it does bring out that middle. Of okay. The equalizer. So maybe you try that flavor. first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 
What's the ABV on this again, Patrick? Before I finish uh, about the six and a half. Damn, brother. All right. Well, yeah. I'm just gonna finish the bottle because it's really good. There I like go. it a lot. It's a very tasty beer. Yeah. You know, so I I built this recipe before we switched from robust to American Porter, and so one of the questions I had is kind of like, is there big difference? So going from the old guidelines to the new guidelines. Um, is there a, a broad differentiation between kind of those two styles or are they essentially interchangeable? I think it's, yeah, it's mostly a name change kind of thing. Yeah. I, yeah. They went towards um, international styles and they brought in things from, you know, Czech Republic and different places and mm -hmm. kind of tended to organize things more by geography than by just all the porters together, all the styles mm -hmm. together kind of a thing in the 2015 mm -hmm. guidelines. So organizationally, that's just what they did. And they renamed some things as they did it. Mm -hmm. I don't know all the thought that went into it. That's just what I think might've happened. <laughs> I, it's it. pretty close. The styles to me are pretty close to each other. Uh, someone in the chat, uh, Thomas is saying there's a blog on porters on Simpsons malt page in the UK for recipes. So if you're looking oh. to maybe go like an English, English route, I mean, maybe there's, maybe there's American recipes too, but um, just to get a little more, a little more input. Um, I think I don't it, think Simpsons would stoop to that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's great, and you know, and letting it sit and not having a sip, uh, you know, letting whatever's in my mouth sort of like you know get stale or whatever. I do see what you were saying a little bit, Patrick, about there is that bitter thing at the end that sits in your mouth. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't get it before you were saying it, and I was like, I don't. I think this guy's crazy, but I do sort of uh, get it. So. What so I guess then that's the, the the question, and we'll let you go here in a second because we are sort of like belaboring the point now. But <laughs> what do you you know when you when you have a recipe like this and you want to dial in, what do you do? We've always talked on the show about making one change, and then seeing how that goes. But if you if you had the coffee on the water too long, do you then make the same recipe but do the coffee in the normal time? And then if you need to change it, and it, it seems like a lot of work. What are you gonna do? I'm going to make like three changes at once because that's it. how I roll. Yes, because so you're I'm a home brewer. Old, Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to go back to the old way of doing the coffee. I'm going to swap for pale chocolate. Okay. Actually, I'll probably just do those two the next time. I just fucking turn it into an IPA, it. dude. Who cares? Yeah, at that point. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dry hop it. It's going to be just for you, JP, a yeah. hazy coffee porter. Oh, my God. I would yeah. love that so much. Wet, wet hop it too, man. Please. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the pumpkin you know, actually, spice it. I did have a question on the hops. So you, you guys mentioned that a little bit of extra hop character, you know, may be useful for the base style. Um, so there is some cascade late, you know, 10, 10 minutes left in the boil. Um, is it worth looking at, you know, Shar, you were saying something about like galaxy. Is it worth looking at something like a little amount in a whirlpool, something or go old world and something kind of earthy and, and fruity that might pair with that coffee. Like, what do you think? That's, that's the last thing you ought to change in this beer. Okay. I think, I, I think that that's like, it's like adjusting your water when you're learning how to homebrew, right? That's the, the last thing you need to kind of worry about is how to adjust your water. The last thing that this is a really good beer, the way it is. And maybe tweaking the hops is, the, in my mind, the last thing you do uh, after you kind of tweak the malt bill a little bit. I think JP's right. I mean, you're like 5%. <laughs> and for those of you who are listening to the podcast in the future, JP gave me this really startled and surprised look on Zoom. Uh, it's, you know, I, I think getting that last bit of that malt bill right and getting that steeping time down in the coffee 
gets you 99% of where you want to be with this beer. Since neither one of us noticed it being American hops, it, it, none yeah. of us did. Yeah. JP <laughs> called out the Northern Brewer, right? But yeah, yeah. that would. None of us got, I mean, I got more, more of an English-y type hop character, and it's backgroundy. It's not too intense in your yeah. face. It's just enough where it fits a nice, robust porter style. Well, and I didn't even call Northern Brewer because I tasted it or because I thought it was in there. I just thought it, it, that's just a hop that I use and that works right. well. <laughs> so um, I'm cooler than I am, I guess. So I, I looked up a couple of clone recipes for the Edmund Fitzgerald, and both of them did use roasted barley, interestingly. One of them had mm. just roasted barley, and one of them had it with black patent. I don't know if that, if they release their recipe ever, you know, but you could. Yeah, not what... that I'm aware of. Um, this was just kind of a conglomeration of different forums and <laughs> Facebook and whatever else. But um, I mean, at yeah. this point, you know, it's it's sort of departed into its own beast. So I'm I'm happy to continue to tweak it. You yeah. know. Yeah, the beer is a classic commercial example of the style. So they're doing something right there. Nice. <laughs> they're doing lots of things right. If you get out that way and, and can yeah. find some, it's phenomenal. I mean, it's like the black the black butte of that region, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, you know, you, if 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 you really want to emulate it, it sounds you know it sounds like you've sort of departed from that. It was a good jumping off point, but I mean, you, you might even just email it over to them and just ask. Yeah, how close? How am close I? am I? Because people, I mean, people will do that. Um, well, Patrick, if if there's nothing else, we're we're gonna let you go because we we've awesome. hang on to you for probably too long. Well, I appreciate it, yeah. guys. Thank you very much for the input. Yeah, thanks, man. I'll, yeah. I'll rebrew this and get it back to you guys. Yeah, that'd be great. Excellent. Thanks, yeah, man. Thanks for the beer, Patrick. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Thank guys. Thank you so much. All right, guys, we're gonna take a quick break. Uh, we're gonna come right back and we're gonna drink some more beer. It's Doctor Homebrew. Hang on, we'll be right back. Back to the examination. Hey, everybody. What's going on? Thanks a lot for sticking with us. It's Dr. Homebrew. We are now joined by Nate. Nate, how you doing, man? I'm great. How are you guys doing? Not too shabby. Not too shabby. You're, you're cracking a beer. I see. Look at that. Good job. And uh, what beer do we have from, from Nate? Brian Cooper? We have a blueberry cream ale. It blueberry a, cream ale. A, yeah. Oh, uh, judging man. it as a 29A fruit beer. Uh, yeah, with blueberries. And nice. uh, yeah. Okay, perfect. Um, that sounds uh, good. Uh, you, you, I'm assuming you have one for me. The I'll, one C. I'll come and I get do it. have one. I'll good. Right over there. Uh, yeah. I got to come and get it. We didn't have time to get it to you, actually no. drive it to you yet. But yeah, we'll it's it been, you. man, <laughs> working from home, it's like, you know, doing the shows from the studio is one thing because you, you we just have to be there, and you know you get a little bit of time to to sit and judge. But when you're working from home now, suddenly, and you guys all know this, I'm not telling anybody anything they don't know, but suddenly you have more shit to do. Like you're just suddenly a, busier somehow, yeah. and you're like, well, "How does this happen? What's going on?" A blessing and a curse. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, I apologize, Nate. I won't be partaking in the beer, but I'll definitely be listening. So. uh Brian Cooper, why don't you start out? Oh, actually, no, I'm sorry. Nate, have you have you brewed this before? I have not. This is my first time. See? Okay, good. And this is why I like this. I, I I like people who are just doing something for the first time and, and want some feedback. And that's you're just looking for, like, recipe feedback, or do you taste something funky? Um, Just with uh, the addition of some fruit in there, how to how to classify that is does that make sense the 29a and then yeah just some general feedback as far as you know what the recipe is like and the flavor profile and stuff so okay perfect all right cooper 
Go for it. <clears throat> yeah, it has a it has a homebrew label, uh, homebrew entry label on it here, the bottle ID form, and it does declare one C as the the category one C um, base for the base style, obviously. So that's that's good. Uh, that is a cream ale. Um, anyway, uh, that this one I didn't check this one. That the the, ent- the past actually no, this one was was a little higher fill. The one I judged last night was a little bit lower fill as well. Uh, like the first one we did tonight, but it was just above the, the shoulder of the bottle on one of them. I, I think I got the, the last beer out of the keg maybe or something, or the, or the <laughs> one that foamed over and gave you trouble that, that night. Anyway, um, so yeah, um, it, it was cool when I opened the bottle and it, I didn't, I, there's too much else going on right now. I'm not getting it. But when I first opened the bottle, I got from, from this distance, I got an initial whiff of, of blueberry emanating just from the, the just uncapped bottle, I got a bit of fresh berry and it popped out that far from me. These volatiles, I don't know if they were just built up in the neck or what, what it was, but they, they jumped out at me literally and, and they were there and then they were gone. And that, maybe that's kind of how blueberry is in a beer um, because those, the things that make you taste blueberry are, are maybe a little fleeting and hard to, uh, to keep around in a, in a beer. So um, but that was, that was nice. They got a nice little fresh berry. And then in the actual room of the beer, it's still there. It just seems less, um, as <laughs> a low level, it, it seems it's fairly clean. Uh, but it's also underneath us, it's faintly malty, um, with bread, like undertones, uh, some low fruity esters. There's no hops obvious at all here. Um, clean, no DMS or diacetyl. Then the fruit, I'm getting a slight kind of pith-like seedy quality in the nose. Also, there's no obvious uh, corn to me here. So um, for a cream ale, you you know, a corn-like flavor we kind of expected. But uh, appearance-wise, it, it's uh, amber-colored beer, kind of a light amber with, uh, well, the, the, the berries give it kind of this reddish brown tinge of the kind of the meat of the berry interior of that blueberry um, has a low whitish head that uh, recedes pretty soon after pouring mostly finer bubbles here. Uh, and they're, you know, as, as I drink it, they're, they're rising to create kind of a hint of a collar. Um, it faded pretty fast and this one's sticking around a little bit. Maybe there's a little bottle variation too, though. Cause this, this one is, it seems to be, holding up the head a little better than last night, or maybe I was just slow ass at judging. Um, I don't know. Uh, there's a slight haze to the beer, but not too bad. It's, you can see through it ish. Um, flavor wise, I'm getting a, a pretty initial maltiness coming across with the blueberry. Um, I, I, I felt like it, I was getting just a bit of some oxidation in there um, and a low fruity berry like flavors um, express with a, they, they express themselves with a very slight edge of some uh, little tartness to them, which is not nice. It's not overtly tangy. It's not, it's not anything bad. It's just a little, little tart edge, but it's not like the beer went sour or anything. So just like it, it's delicate. There's like that fruit and it's not like screaming blueberry to me, but there's a little, a little berry-like 
thing and a, and a kind of a meat meat of the berry kind of thing, like the, the interior of the berry, less than less than the skins and the flavor. Um, low bitterness uh, with only the faintest bit of a kind of an earthy floral hop flavor. Uh, mostly malt balance to me with the fruit kind of in tandem there. Um, the fruit plays nicely with the malt that's there, but I'd say it's maybe a little strongly malty for the style to me. I don't know if maybe if the color is giving me that impression, if this, you know, the base recipe, maybe it may be a nice light yellow color when you add the berries and that's what makes it go to this, this color, but you know, and, and it, you can't help but let it color your impressions maybe, but I'm, I'm getting either the berry flavors are also making it taste more malty with that, or there's some oxidation that's giving a little edge there, but, um, but the fermentation, everything seems clean. The character of that is good. Um, there's a little bit of alcohol detectable here. It's not super alcoholic. I would say it finishes kind of semi-sweet, or at least the impression of the berry makes it makes it seem such. Um, it's kind of a bold beer for for a, a lawnmower cream ale, you know, uh, altogether. And it, it doesn't seem like it's just just the berries doing that to me. I would expect less character, uh, you know, less bold beer overall, and mm. and um, I would kind of want it to be in balance just just that that refreshing base style cleaning off the tongue and then and leaving a nice aftertaste of berry it, i will tell you it's it's really hard to get a good blueberry flavor in a beer so um the mouthfeel was medium medium to almost giving the impression of slightly fuller bodied and um you know, the sample I had last night was, was was nearly flat by the time I got to judging the mouthfeel. This one has a little bit more left in it, and it's a little bit better. Um, it's making it the flavors pop a little bit better. But it just uh, the one I had when I initially judged it was just not as refreshing as that that style demands. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I felt like I got a little bit of a, a slight warming quality in the back of the throat, in the back of the throat late palate but it's not strong it's just a little bit there's a little bit of alcohol there and um no no astringency that it's there's no biting quality to it um i just the one i had last night fell a bit flat there with the the lack of carbonation this one's a little seems a little spritzier seems like i'm getting some bottle variation i don't know where brian landed with his but um it should just be a a lighter overall impression um so you know, it's a it's a good beer. It's a clean beer. The fermentation seems like it went went well. There are no off flavors that I can really detect in here. Uh, it's mostly kind of balance and style issues that I'm gonna harp about, but not really. Like it's 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 a good beer. It's a pleasant beer to drink. Uh, just lightly fruity berry qualities in there, kind of almost nondescript, but. You know, if that initial whiff came out and stayed somehow, <laughs> you know, that I that jumped out at me from the bottle, that, that would be nice. But it, it didn't. Um, it just and it kind of misses the mark to me when it comes to saying, is this a cream ale or is this something richer and maltier? It's it's hard to just uh, to, to pick it out as, as a cream ale by style. So that's where I would as a, you know. I'm, bal- I'm making a fruit beer with cream ale and blueberry. They're like, okay, where's the cream ale? 
it doesn't it doesn't hit that as well to me as it could and and I, this one I'm not I'm not getting a a lot of pa any papery really in this one so I think the one last night might have been maybe there was some bottle oxidation going on and that made me score a little lower lower and it didn't have as much spritziness so I would I would still recommend adding more carbonation to this one um, they both need a little more CO2 to, to push the flavors and make it refreshing and just um, uh, it, it should be a pretty uh, uh, a spritzy beer that's going to help it uh, bringing up kind of the corn like quality and it's going to aid in, in getting the style flavor you know the flavor that you want in the style to come out and the aroma I'm not getting any real corn like in it it could be that it's just buried a little bit behind the berry but and it's not it wasn't very strong to start with maybe but um I don't know what uh you could do to get a really I don't know what kind of fruit you put in in it but if you if you may you might have to do find some cheats to get the blueberry flavor to come out more and find a really high quality uh, uh, puree or even some kind of an extract that just has that blueberry essence that really makes, without making it candy-like or fake tasting somehow, blend That's, it with what's there to make it work. I don't know. Yeah, um, and we've talked I'm about not, that before too. Yeah. Like, like there's certain fruits that are hard to use. Blueberries are, I think, the top. Watermelon's hard. Strawberries oh, are yeah. hard too. Strawberry, it, yeah. They're, they're fruits that you don't think of because when you're eating, you're like, oh, this is, this is what it is, this is what I want to emulate. But I think that some of those you do have to supplement with an extract or something like that. Yeah. Know. But so anyway, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, yeah. I'm landing it around a 27 on the beer, but I would probably give this one a, you know, a little higher 20s because it's a little bit better than the sample I had last night to me. And so it what? Could be 20, a temperature thing too, but yeah. So 28, what? Twenty nine. Twenty. Let's, let's call twenty nine. Let's say twenty nine. Yep. Right here. Right. There now. you go, Nate. That's so, right. I gave you two. I got you two extra points, brother. Yeah. If you ever need has, me in in the negotiation there, room, there wasn't a lot there. to dislike here. It's just um, I was I wanted the style and I wanted blueberry. Yeah. And, and it was hard to get at either one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it sounds like that too. I think that was. Uh, I got that impression from the feedback. And I think that's how you know it's it's good feedback, right? Because it's like, uh, you know, when not drinking the beer, I, 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 felt, I felt like you were struggling to find a zone to land in. Um, and I'm not a big fruit beer fan, but I could drink this. It's not, yeah. it's not offensive at all to me. It's, it's tasty. No, it sounds it like it. It goes down pretty smooth. Yeah. All right, Brian Shar. I'm drinking a celebration, so don't mind me. <laughs> I have celebration in my fridge. Hell yeah, brother. Uh, so I judge this... Uh, Nate, uh, we've, you've been on the show before, uh, but for people that might be listening for the first time or to the archives, uh, are you in a homebrew club? Yes, sir, I am. I'm in the Rapid River Mashmasters in central Wisconsin here, just outside of uh, Wisconsin Rapids. Nice. The RRMMs, dude. Exactly. Is that near like Wausau, Stevens Point area? Uh-oh. Exactly. Here yeah, we go. Pretty close to Stevens Point. I live, I live near Stevens Point and, and work near Wisconsin Rapids, so yeah. The oh, cashier, nice. the high school in Pulaski, yeah. right outside of Green Bay. <laughs> the cashier so that I met 20... at the shopping mall, her she had a granddaughter <laughs> who who wrote a letter to someone that she knew from the library that grew up in Polinsky Point or whatever. I used to live in a van down at the river. Yeah, yeah. Your accent changes every time you say that. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, if you've been down 29 to Green Bay, you passed the uh, turnoff to Pulaski that I used to, but anyway. Uh, that used to so solicit I, truckers at, or what, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, there you go. The trucks. There's a really nice glory hole down there, and you know how that goes. At the yeah, I do. Stop. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> the uh, uh, I don't think about that. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't either. So uh, would, there's I mean, a uh, uh, judge. This is a 29A fruit beer, a uh, base beer, of course, being the cream ale. Uh, the aroma, you know, just like I, I largely echo what Brian said. Uh, the aroma is. When you opened up that bottle, and that bottle was you know, two, three feet away from my nose, it was like my mom used to make these Betty Crocker blueberry muffins, and they were really good, and they had like the little the little sugar and whatever on top, and it smelled just like hot Betty Crocker blueberry muffins right out of that bottle, identical. It's like, man, I love those muffins. I want to drink this beer. Uh, it was really pleasant, really great. Uh, as it warmed up, it's like, like Brian was talking about, after like a minute, maybe 30 seconds, that had blown off and that was gone. And what I, I got something that, and this is, I, I opened the second bottle just in case there was some bottle variation. And I got it more as it warmed up, but it's still present in this one. That aroma goes away largely. And I get something that's almost metallic. And I'm, you, I've, afterwards, you can tell us your recipe. I want to hear all about it. But as Brian was speculating, I think either it's probably the skins and the seeds of the blueberries, or if you use something like an extract, maybe it's something in that extract that kind of came across that way. That's kind of the perception that I had had. Uh, don't get hops, malt, really anything other than the blueberry uh, and this little bit of an odd after aroma, uh, which just dominate the aromas. That six out of 12. Uh, appearance three out of three. I uh, get kind of an amber with a pinkish purple tint. Uh, it looks like there's blueberries in here. It looks really cool. I like like the color. Uh, crystal clear. The head's low and persistent. So you got three out of three. The uh, the flavor similar to the the aroma. The flavor initially is this very dominant blueberry. Uh, I get something mid palate that I kind of struggled to identify that to me I kind of place in that same category as that kind of metallic-ish aroma that I got after the initial aroma blew off. Uh, the bitterness comes up to balance mid-palate. The finish is long. Blueberry dominates the whole thing. There's really no malt flavor or there's no hop flavor at all. Balance is definitely to uh, to fruit. So give it 10 out of 20 for flavor. Uh, Mouthfeel. Uh, I get kind of a a full mouthfeel in mid-palate uh, that is like a lot more than I expected in a cream ale, but it's not all the way through. It's kind of an odd thing where it starts off kind of light in body, then I almost, my mouth feels like it's filling up, and then that goes away, uh, you know, before or right after you, you swallow that, that sip. Uh, Medium-low body. Uh, medium carbonation, maybe even low carbonation, a little lower than expected for this this style. Uh, no warming, no astringency, gave it four to five for mouthfeel. Uh, overall impression, I gave it five out of 10 for a total of 28. Uh, I, I love that this beer is initially just like those blueberry muffins that I, I love so much. But that having said that, you know, 
for a, a fruit beer, spicer, vegetable, vegetable beer, wood-aged beer, the guideline, as far as the guidelines say, balance is really the key thing. And I suspect that you may have chosen cream ale as a base for this because it's kind of a, there's not a lot to a cream ale, and it gives a, a canvas for blueberry to really shine and stand out. And if that's what you like to drink and you want to make because that's what you like and your friends and family like, then then go for it. I think that's great. Uh, but the problem from a competition standpoint is that the, the blueberry just blows out every, th- every aspect of that, that base beer. Uh, plus, there is something just kind of weird in the aroma and the flavor in the middle after that really intense blueberry goes away. Again, I echo what Brian says. Uh, and I think we might be able to give you maybe a little better diagnosis after we hear your recipe and how you got the uh, blueberry flavor in. So thanks for sharing. Appreciate it. Awesome. Excellent. Thanks for back so far, guys. Yeah. Well, right. I'll kind of get into my recipe here a little bit. So yeah. Um, so just just nine pounds of grain for a five-gallon batch here. Um, so it's about 77% two-roll and then um, a pound of flaked maize. I threw a little bit of honey malt, so it's about 8%, and then just a couple ounces of Belgian biscuit in there. So um, not sure if that's kind of those last two are adding to some of that malt feel or that that more in-depth flavors. Yeah. Um, mine's been sitting out for maybe an hour and a half here, and I picked up a little bit of corn initially, you know, off the first couple of sips, but that, that kind of went away. Um, and my idea here was just I didn't want to over I didn't want to blow the blueberries out of the water with the cream ale. I, I want to try to balance it, but it's it was super hard and I had some frozen blueberries. I had like a three pound frozen sack there that I wound up um, putting through like a sous vide to, to basically pasteurize it and kind of, you know, break those up. It, it seems like once you freeze fruit and then thaw it out, it, it really helps break those, those yeah. fruits up and really allows the exchange of liquid between the berries to work really well. Um, yeah. So you sous vide it. That's, that's, a, that's really smart because that way you're not going to overcook them. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. really great. That's a good idea. That's a cool idea, man. Yep, that's and that's what I try to do. Keep it like 130, 135 for like three or four hours, so enough enough time to pasteurize them, but not enough temperature to really, you know, get some of that in and, and really cook them. So I know sometimes you get some of that. I think um, Cooper mentioned some pithy flavor. Maybe there's some of that with uh, um, the skins in there, and so to speak. But um, you know, one thing that I didn't. It, it always seems like you lose a lot of that blueberry. So I. In the primary, I put it. I put those like three pounds of blueberries in at the end of the primary, and it just seems like you know through fermentation you lose a lot of that the berry characteristics. That's what I always find. Yep. I mean, yep. I do a lot of berry stuff, but I've I've played around with some cranberries and blueberries and other things, and it just seemed like fermentation takes all that fruitiness away. So I always seem to, um, you know, in a secondary or right before kegging, use a little bit of um, flavoring, and and typically that the amaretti stuff is usually a really good provides a nice flavor and some nice color to it um i think the the, the, the frozen berries once they're once they were cooked back in provide a lot of the color because it was a, a a very pale beer originally and then adding those berries kind of gave it that golden or reddish kind of hue to it or amber amber color to it so um i think that's where a lot of the color is coming from and then again just adding a little bit of um that amaretti um syrup or, or puree that back to it and one thing i did bump up to and maybe this is some of that odd flavor that that you guys are picking up on i was trying to 
I don't want it to be very sweet, but what I was trying to get is some sweetness to kind of help that blueberry profile without being overly blueberry, if, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. So I just added some um, wine stabilizer. So I do some wines here and there. So uh, I added a couple ounces of that. So it's basically just a stabilized um, sugar, basically, that doesn't that doesn't ferment or keeps killing the, the yeast in there. So maybe there's an off flavor or an odd flavor that, that you're picking up with that. And again, what I was trying to do is just provide a little bit of sweetness to to pump up those blueberries without bringing too much necessary blueberry characteristic. Cause I, I, what I was going for is trying to have that balance between, you know, some of that corn being in there, but having some, some berry there. And again, just kind of playing around and messing around with my first time making this. And again, trying to do something different with just a, a cream ale and, and seeing if I could try to achieve some, some kind of balance there. And I think I missed the mark a little bit, maybe, maybe overpowered a little bit too much with the blueberries and maybe when I'm going a little heavy handed with that, um, that period at the end, but I always try to do it in steps, you know, so it's, you know, do the blueberries and then, then take a sample and wait three or four days, kind of let it mellow out or let everything, the adjuncts kind of blend and, and then maybe add one or two ounces of that puree. And, and maybe I just added a little bit too much, too much of that blueberry flavor in there and could have dialed that back some and, and maybe add a little more corn to the recipe. I don't know to maybe make that a little more of a, of a cream ale style. Yeah. You know, be there. Yeah. The, and maybe reducing the, the wine stabilizer might be what's giving us that impression of uh, fullness and, and body that we're getting that that's maybe detracting a little bit. Now, I don't know if it's, if it's drier and if it's has less of that sweetness, it's going to play a little differently, but I don't think it would be bad. I, I, I think, there's a lot of factors going on here. What were we going to say, Brian? Yeah, sorry. I, I think that to me, when you said honey malt, that was like, oh, that's that aroma and that flavor that I don't like. Is that, oh. I, I hate honey malt. I, it's a personal <laughs> preference. I really hate honey malt a lot. And that's that kind of, and you said that I'm like, that's probably 80% of what that is. Honey Man, malt is with- basically good. You sprinkle it on your yogurt in the morning. It's great. <laughs> I used to do that at Morbier, man. We used to like, you know, whatever. Grab a handful of honey malt, eat it up. Tastes good. But yeah, yeah in beer, you get it's some, like some peated malt and some honey malt and some special bee. You just jam that all together and you know, make a shit sandwich out of that. <laughs> I used to put honey malt in my porter. Yeah, it, and then you take it out. It's like eh, it's a lot better. Yeah, but it, it works in certain places. Like it was in eight oh five for a long time. Yeah, in a, in a dark beer or used by Matt Brindleson, uh, it's probably great. Uh, used yeah, by Nate. anyone else and in anything else, but it's not, not a Nate. Yeah, that's what you're saying. <laughs> or or me uh, or you. Yeah. But. Well, and it, and I think too that the the honey like character. Is is possibly what's giving throwing me towards thinking is there oxidation here because it wasn't yeah. overt mm. it was like there was something there that just tasted a little and when when malt starts to go oxidized it gets that yep. honey like some of those honey like flavors before it goes to paper and cardboard yep. so that's it's another reason not to use it man that you're exactly right <laughs> there's a place for it I just yeah. maybe not maybe not in this beer I'd bring up the maze and drop that back or off yeah, yeah. and like Nate I I think that to me in terms of adjusting things. Like the last thing I would try to adjust is try to trying to dial back the blueberries because that's like really the pleasant thing about this beer is the mm. blueberry character. And yes, it is out of balance and yes, it's too much, but I don't typically honey malt isn't the thing that's going to make an appearance in a cream ale. Uh, and if you want something that's going to give you more sweetness, I mean, what's a thing that's sweet corn <laughs> corn is really sweet. 
Uh, and I don't, it, it's hard to, uh, having said that, I mean, I've, I've had corn ice cream, you know, I've, I've, there's things you can, there's desserts you can have with corn like that. Uh, you go to like, what's that restaurant that has like the really good, like corn. Where are you uh, right now? Where are you? What galaxy <laughs> I, I, are you? I've been home. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I think corn does have sweetness, right? It, yes. It, it can be sweet. Well, that's why well, it dries out in a beer. It's an adjunct. Yeah. 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 I love you, Brian so, Shaw. Yeah. I'm just saying. I know. I'm just in my I'm in my own galaxy right now. Sometimes you just go to outer space and you just go. Yes. But that's what we love about you. But my point is, I mean, blueberry the 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 blueberry ratio is probably the last thing that I would look at trying to fix in this beer. I, mm, okay. I like that you used frozen berries, and that's that's a good way to go too. Because if you use fresh berries, they're they're usually not picked while they're ripe. They're going to be sitting in a grocery store ripening and, and you'll get them, you know, you, you might get less of a, you know, get more of an underripe flavor to the beer. The flavor that is there, it doesn't seem underripe or green. It's, it's a good, you know, ripened fruit flavor. And you, you can, you can tell, I, I, if I had to guess, I would say that, yeah, it's definitely real fruit in there. And I'm glad you did use real fruit along with you. So you use some yeah. puree and you, did you also use some amaretti or no? I did use some amaretti, yep, at the end. So, and the, the yeah. frozen berries were originally fresh, and then they were frozen, and then then oh. out. But then, then I did use the amaretti to kind of pump up that flavor a little bit. Okay, so they were store bought, but I mean, freezing breaks up the you know the, the uh, cell structure of the the berries, so that that helps bring things out. And that you know the treatment you did to them with the sous vide doesn't seem bad either. So yeah, the treatment of the fruit seems seems good. Maybe you might just buy some frozen berries and try it that way instead, you know, instead of taking ripened berries that were frozen separately. And I don't know, but yeah, uh, just to get any way to get more of a, a, a richer, fuller fruit flavor in there is going to help fuller berry flavor, but it's, it's good. It's, I know how hard it is to do this. So I hate to bag on the beer at all. It's really <laughs> enjoyable otherwise. So. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, and for your first time, Nate, what do you think about the, the, the feedback? Do you agree with it? Do you disagree with it? No, I, I agree with the, the feedback wholeheartedly, so it makes a lot of sense. And I don't do a lot of beers twice, in a, twice, especially in a short amount of time, but I might try to do this one again just to see if I can improve that score a little bit, and maybe I'll yeah. send it off to you guys. Yeah, yeah well, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be great. If you, and if you don't do it within a year, we execute you. That's kind of <laughs> the fine print that we don't talk about. But you need to get that score up. You need to be... This is a this is a, a a homebrew version of Black Mirror, you know what I mean? So it's uh, anyway, um, yeah. Like I mean, the it's, ring unless you can get someone else to brew a recipe for us in the next three days. Yeah, or just like this is your yeah, social we, contract. You need to maintain a minimum score of thirty, and if you you have yeah. an opportunity to to raise it up, if you can't, that's it. JP um, crawls up out of a well and chops your head off. That's right. I crawl up out of your ass. And I go, what are you doing? <laughs> no, um, well, do you have any questions? Yeah. Uh, do you have any specific questions for the guys, Nate? Do you have anything else? I don't know. Um, thanks for the feedback. Okay. Guys. I really appreciate it. So you, Cool. You can really simplify that malt bill. Two-row, flake yep. maze. Boom. Maybe up, up the maze. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds and like you just, you just pulled totally a home brewer, um, which is what we all do. You know, and I say that, and it's more of an endearing term. It's like, I still, I, when I was home brewer, I haven't, whatever. I do it all the time. I do it all the time. A little more of this. Yeah, a little more of this. This You go in, I want to do, because you see all the the grain, and you go, well, shit, I could really, uh, you know, I could really soup this up. 
You know, you're like uh, you're like a fucking mechanic in that in that homebrew shop. You're like, well, you know, we can just bore the headers out, or I don't know what that means, but that's what you could do. And that's the, I think the equivalent of putting honey malt in your cream ale. It's like I could really yeah. bore the headers out of this motherfucker. Um, so yeah, simpler is 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 definitely better. Try it again, please, yes. um, and send it to us. I'm interested to 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 you know to try it. Yeah. Most pro brewers yeah. do not use the kitchen sink approach. They really don't. Yeah. <laughs> no. But you know what? Some of them should. I'm going to be honest right now. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, well, if that's it, uh, Nate, uh, we'll let you split, man. There you go. All right. Thanks, brother. Pack. Take it easy. Go pack, yeah. All right. We got to take a, a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to say goodnight, and uh, we're going to look at uh, Nate's mouse pad forever. Go Vikings. Yeah. All right. Hang on, everyone. Oh, this no. is oh, Dr. No, Homebrew. No. We're going uh, to return Never shortly. Hold Vikings. on. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up, you might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. The leader in affordable, high-quality kegerators is here. Introducing Comos, the kegerator designed with serious beer drinkers in mind. It features an all-stainless steel draft tower, a major upgrade over traditional chrome-plated brass towers, and Comos keeps your new tower cold with their air-cooled tower fan, wrapping your beer lines in frigid coolness. Your beer is poured from innovative forward-sealing faucets that don't leak, so they stay cleaner for longer. Dual gas inlets on the rear of the fridge allow you to run both CO2 and nitrogen gas. Serve your beer with CO2, serve your kegged wine, or even cocktails with nitrogen. The digital temperature display has the largest range available, allowing you to use the Comos Kegerator for fermentation if you need to. And now Comos Kegerators ship with duo-tight draft fittings for that click-to-connect assembly we've all dreamed of. Buy direct from ComosDraft.com and receive free shipping on your order. That's K-O-M-O-S Draft.com. Now serving patient number 189. Number 189 to the counter, please. Dr. Homebrew. All right, welcome back, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Um, I wanted to wrap up real fast. Thank you to Patrick and thank you to Nate for sending in beers. I really, really appreciate it. If you want to be on Dr. Homebrew, we definitely need uh, a bunch of people like you, uh, mainly homebrewers, to send in beers. So you email brian at thebrewingnetwork.com. Send Brian us your Brian with an eye. Send us your beers. It doesn't matter when you want to be on the show. Just send us beers. We are we are most of us are fine with keeping a backlog. Most of us are organized. I am not, which is why Brian Cooper is my king and my country, and he keeps me organized, and I appreciate it because this show would not be uh, going on as timely if it was not for Brian Cooper. I'm going to be honest. Uh, so um, thank you to Brian. And at Cooper. this point, we're a month late in recording this, so you know. Well, well, no. At this point, we're nine days late. 
nine days later. Yeah, gotcha. and, <laughs> we can but, live with that. You know, we don't really we focus on them. Yeah, we don't really focus on the on the on that kind of stuff. Hi, Nate. <laughs> um, it, yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's all right. Um, anyway, so email Brian at thebrewingnetwork.com. Send us your beers. Um, if you if you can't be on for like another month or two, that's fine. Anyway, whatever. We'll be in touch. We'll take meats. Do it. We'll take ciders. Anything in the style, guys. You got to brag it. You got to look. You want to take? We should take wine. You just want to take wine. <laughs> Let's start doing wine. <laughs> Fuck it. Send us your wine. Let's do yeah, a wine. What the hell? Why not? Um, I know a master som, but he's in Puerto Rico, so I don't know. But we could we could definitely actually I know a couple of wine people that would definitely help out judging this wine. So if you want yeah. wine, let's do. Let's do it. Why not? Whatever. Bottle your tiki drinks. Send us tiki drinks that you've bottled For and we will sure. drink the shit out of those. hundred percent. Don't put shit in it. I don't want to paper umbrellas. Yeah, I don't want to drink shit out of it because if that means there's yeah. shit in it, and I don't like that. That's not my thing. Um, all right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in, Doctor Homebrew. I really appreciate it. And uh, until next time, um, I don't know. Stay safe. Yeah, call your mom. We're looking for a few good beers. There you go.